Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number smart bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 smart bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number special edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. I have a doctor in psychology and am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a registered play therapist, university professor, writer, and mom of two. Each episode of the Parentologist Podcast focuses on a variety of topics related to parenting, family, children, and mental health. I'm glad you're here. On today's episode, we have Dr. Rachel Goldman with us. Um, she is a colleague and friend of mine, and I'm so excited she's going to be here with us today. She is a clinical psychologist and speaker who takes a holistic approach to health. She specializes in the mind-body connection, including stress reduction, eating behaviors, and health behavior change. She is amazing. She has been featured in the New York Times, Time Magazine, CNN, USA Today, and Women's Health, and she lives an active lifestyle in New York with her husband and toddler and is very passionate about helping others live healthier and happier lives by promoting positive behavioral changes. So Dr. Rachel, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with you today as well. Thank you. Well, today we're going to be talking a little bit about finding contentment and peace in motherhood. So I have a couple questions and would love your expertise on, you know, what to do, um, you know, with finding peace in motherhood. There's so much, um, you know, competitive and competition out there, um, you know, trying to be this, you know, quote unquote, perfect mom. And I know we're both moms of little ones and, you know, there's just a lot of pressure out there. And so, with that being said, you know, how can we overcome feeling like we need to be perfect and how do we stop competing, um, you know, with each other to have that perfect life? Yeah. And such, such a great question and not an easy answer, right? Yes. Um, so I think first it's important to keep in mind or rather to ask ourselves, what does perfect even mean? Right. So is, is it even attainable? And what does that mean? And I think so many of us um, can can relate to this that, you know, there, there's a lot of comparing in the world. And I think, you know, it's, it's part of human behavior. It's part of society that we compare. But unfortunately, because of social media, it is so much easier to see what everybody is doing or rather what everybody is showing the rest right. of the world what they're doing. And it isn't always real. And I think that's a really important reminder for people that social media is literally a highlight reel that you post the pictures and you share what you want to share. And so much of our lives are not shared, right? People don't choose to post the struggles and the sadness and the temper tantrums and, you know, all of these stressful moments typically aren't shared. So what we're doing is we're looking at this highlight reel of maybe this perfect, quote unquote, perfect looking comparison when really, you know, we don't know what other people are going through or struggling with. And I think it's so easy 
to forget that and kind of get wrapped up in our own head that everybody else is doing everything the perfect way or the right way, whatever that is, or everybody else is doing X, Y, Z while I'm here struggling. Right. So I think first, just kind of acknowledging that, you know, that first there is no perfect and, you know, maybe define for yourself what good enough is. And and I really like to use that term good enough um, because good enough really is good enough. And, and then to look at and to remind yourself this comparison game, because it's not helping us whatsoever. Right. And I, I mean, I personally have felt that pressure, um, especially when it comes to birthday parties. Um, I look at things on Pinterest and I think, wow, like there's, there's people out there that are, you know, making these extravagant parties. And I almost feel like I have to keep up with the Joneses, if you will, and, you know, have this amazing cake and these amazing treats that are on the table and party favors. And, you know, with, between Pinterest and Etsy, I mean, there's a plethora of things, you know, to try out there. And it's made me feel like, am, am I good enough? You know, it makes you question, it makes me question. I'll speak for myself question, you know, um, you know, does it have to look this certain way for the kids to have a good time? No. Am I doing it for me or am I doing it for my kids when all they probably want is just their friends to come over a little bit of cake and some presents and they're good to go. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Have you felt that pressure at all? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's a little different because I have a two-year-old and by the time that it would have been time for him to go to birthday parties, um, you know, we had the pandemic. But I I completely understand that. And I think I relate to it in terms of other areas where, you know, other moms text me or like I'm in this, these groups with other moms that aren't working moms, which is totally fine, but I am, um, you know, listing all the classes they're going to and all these things. And I'm like, I can't do this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's so easy to get lost in that comparison. And, and I think you said it exactly. It's like asking yourself, really, what's the purpose? You know, what is really important here? Is it, you know, that the kids really just want to have fun and see their kids? I mean, other, other friends and kids most likely. And I think what we have to do is start separating these things from defining them as our worth, right? So I think many times it's like, well, perhaps I'm not worthy enough or I'm not good enough if I don't have the perfect cake or the perfect party. But if we pause for a moment and think about that, that's, just a thought, right? And and I know we've discussed cognitive distortions before and the power of our thoughts. But, you know, if we think about it that way, like really let's question that for a minute. Am I really putting all this value on this birthday cake or on the fact that I can attend a class with my son or not? And I, and I think we have to question that and think about it and take a step back and then think about what's really important to us. You know, is it more important that we spend quality time with our with our kids and our family? Or is it more important that we're running around to the stores to find the perfect cake, right? Like where, where do we draw that line and what's really important to us? And another thing I like to keep in mind that I remind people all the time is that you are the best parent for your child. This yes. maybe is the best party for your child or for you and your family, or this is the best situation or the best class given your circumstances. And once again, it goes back to the idea of comparison and we can't compare because 
We don't know what other people are going through and they don't know what we're going through. But yes, it's so hard to start getting in that vicious cycle of that downward spiral of negative thoughts and putting ourselves down and making us feel worthless for nothing. Right. 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 So that being said, you know, it it makes me think, obviously, we both work in in the mental health field. And so how much does this quote unquote perfect, you know, always striving for more, not feeling content um, with your life, feeling like, you know, there's something missing or you have to do better. How does that affect someone's mental health? Yeah. And, and it's such an important point because this idea of striving for perfect or striving for more absolutely affects our mental health because we're never really living in the moment, right? We're always kind of living for the best, the next best thing or the next thing. And we never think we're good enough. So we're trying harder and harder and we're never able to just sit for a moment and enjoy the moment if we're always striving for more or perfect. So, you know, and that goes along with the same idea as these cognitive distortions, as I was talking about, or or these negative thoughts that we have or how powerful our thoughts are. If we think we're never perfect or we're never good enough, then that immediately is going to impact how we feel. So that's a thought that impacts our feelings and our emotions, which then impacts our behaviors. So if we don't think we're perfect or we're striving for perfection, We're then going to start feeling perhaps like a failure, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to start acting that way as well. So it's it becomes this vicious cycle, and it's all related. And I I really like to go back to this idea and this question of what is perfect? You know, what is it that we're striving for? Can we just be content with where we are now and enjoy the moment, which which you know, I, I think for many people, the pandemic has taught us a little bit. But I do know that, you know, where many people are still kind of striving for more in that perfection, but it immediately and absolutely is going to affect our mental health because our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are all linked. And that's really important to keep in mind. And also if we're thinking about the, you know, the kind of the next thing, that's also thinking about the future that hasn't happened yet. And that can cause more stress and anxiety. And then that can impact you know, our mental health and our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors as well. So if we focus on what's in our control, we don't know what the future is going to be. We don't know exactly what we can, can and can't do later. We know what we can do right now. So let's focus on that and come back to the present. Yeah, I love that. And I just, I love the intentionality behind that and just the mindfulness of being present and being in the moment. I think that's just in this technological world that we live in. I feel like it's, it's hard to do that sometimes, you know, cause we are, you know, it's hard just to sit still. And, and like you said, the pandemic helped a little bit with that, but I feel like it's been hard and, you know, I'll speak for myself too, you know, to, you know, to do all these things and to, you know, live life to the fullest. And that means you have to, you know, do 10 things this week. You know, you have to sign up for all these classes and you have to go to the fair and you have to, you know, do all these things and fill your calendar. And that means you're living your best life. You know what I mean? Versus living your best life might actually be having nothing planned on your calendar and you just laying at home, self-caring and playing with your kids all day. (laughs) You know? Exactly. And, you know, I think that also goes to this idea of asking yourself, what does it even mean to be living your best life? And what does it mean to be living your best life today? 
which may be very different than last week or tomorrow or last year. So, you know, to kind of ask yourself that, and then what can I do to do that? Right. And maybe today it is to stay at home and play with the kids or, you know, be, you know, be present in whatever way, or maybe next week it is running to a party or going to the fair. Right. Yeah. And it can change, you know, absolutely. Um, but just being, I think that like being intentional and mindful, like you were saying, like just, you know, of, of focusing, uh, on the moment, because not only does, is the future can, you know, can provoke or cause anxiety because it hasn't happened yet. And you're thinking of all these things that could be, um, but let's talk about, you know, past regrets. You know, I, I feel like I talked to a lot of moms that, you know, I'll hear comments like, I wonder if I would have, you know, maybe married this person if my life would have been different. Or I wonder if I didn't make that decision and we didn't move houses and we didn't have our kids in a new school if they would have been happier. And there's almost like a maybe like a regret or mom guilt or different things that go along with, you know, not being able to put rest to the past. And it goes Mm -hmm. back to living in the moment. But, you know, what do you suggest about that with people that have those cognitive, you know, thoughts about things that have happened in the past that they can't change. Yeah. And, and you just said it at the end there, right? That the, the main focus there is that it's on something that we can't change. So I think it's, you know, it's completely common and normal that people have these regrets or they're this mom guilt, right? I think we all have it to some degree, but it's a matter of how much we let it impact us. So if we keep that in mind that our thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are all linked where does it get us if we are thinking of the should haves or the could haves or what I could have done or, you know, did I do the right thing? You know, it doesn't get us anywhere good if we think like that. So instead, if we kind of flip the switch and instead focus on the here and now, once again, and ask ourselves, what's in my control now? Because the past has happened, whatever it is, it is. And at the time, maybe it seemed like the best decision for what you were going through, whatever the situation was. And today, things are different and that's okay. But I think looking at it that way and being like, okay, that is done and over. It's out of my control. What can I focus on now? And maybe that is going to, you know, bring you to a new idea to change something today. Maybe there's something you can change. Maybe if you thought that, you know, you, the, your living situation wasn't the best. So now you can move forward and do something about it, but the past is done. And if we keep holding on to those ideas of what I should have, could have, would have done, it's only going to bring us more down because it's going to impact how we're feeling and that's going to change how, you know, we we act and and our overall mental health and well-being. But if we keep in mind that those should have statements or those must have statements, you know, that that puts added pressure on us and when we think like that, that does lead to regret and feelings of guilt. So we can be mindful of the way that we speak to ourselves and try to switch the 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 shift, you know, make that shift and switch the way that we think about it, that mental shift of, you know, the past is the past. That's what happened. But what can I do about it now? Yeah, no, I love that. Um, you give such great um, words of wisdom. Um, I, I'd love to hear a little more about that in, you know, maybe uh, uh, I'm gonna say advice or um, tips that you've given moms in the past in your own practice. Um, as far as, you know, 
beyond the reg- the regrets and the guilt, but going more towards, you know, they're feeling insecure or feeling self-conscious about the way they've, they're parenting their children. You know, again, there's so many pressures from the outside world. Um, you know, how, how can moms um, increase or, um, you know, what can they do about their self-image um, or their own, you know, self-image of themselves if they're feeling insecure about how, maybe decisions they've made in the past and moving forward and, you know, just feeling good about themselves and the way they're parenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really all related to these thoughts that we have. And I think, you know, if we start questioning ourselves, which is completely normal, right? That's our inner critic self questioning ourselves and, you know, that negative self-talk, we can kind of pause, maybe take a breath, come back to the present and ask ourselves, where's the evidence? Right. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling insecure about the way I'm parenting and if I say something like I'm a bad parent or I should have, could have, would have done this differently or I should do this, kind of just pause and ask yourself, where's the evidence of that? Where's the truth to that? And once again, if our thoughts, emotions and behaviors are linked, thinking that way is not helpful. So, you know, ask yourself where the evidence is and then think about a better way to frame it. Another thing also could be that we just acknowledge that these are thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, there is no evidence and we don't have to reframe the thought, but just kind of identifying and accepting and acknowledging this is just a thought. Let it go. Just acknowledge that it's a thought. It is what it is. And then let it go. And I think, you know, especially because we all have stressful days, right? I, I say life happens and During times of stress or when we're emotional, I think especially for moms when we're tired, Mm -hmm. which many moms are, um, it's so much easier to kind of get stuck in these kind of negative thinking traps. And that's what we can call these cognitive distortions. They're these thinking traps. And it's easy to get stuck in them when we're emotional or stressed or maybe when we're comparing ourselves to others. So just acknowledging, you know what? I'm tired. I'm irritable. This is just a thought. It's not the truth. It's not a fact. And then if you want to challenge it and reframe it, because, you know, that does help, of course, to have more helpful thoughts and more positive ones, you can, but you can also just sit with it and say, this is a thought and let it go. Right. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, I, I, I love that. And I know I've tried that. And sometimes I have harder times letting go than other days, <laughs> depending on right, what right. mood I'm in, you know, depending on how down I am that day. Um, but I love that. And I love um, kind of externalizing it and not taking it so personally that this is, you know, this is you like this, these thoughts define you when they don't, like you said, just, you know, acknowledging that they're just a thought and it doesn't mean that's, that's who you are, you know? <clears throat> Right. And, and I would just add that on the days that it is a little harder, um, you know, we might need to take an extra step. So maybe then like making a list of the things that you feel confident about in terms of your parenting style or your parenting, you know, that then can be a little easier to help you see that that thought was just a thought and it wasn't valid and it wasn't true or wasn't a fact by being able to look at that list and then remind yourself, oh, okay, you know, maybe this isn't the case, but, you know, I am all these other things. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, that, 
it's, it's a tangible piece of paper that, you know, moms can keep at all times. They don't, you know, they can keep exactly. it at the bedside table or pin it up on their mirror in the bathroom. And so they can remind themselves, you know, almost like a daily affirmation that they're doing the best job that they can. And, you know, that it's not going to be perfect, but to give themselves grace and that they're, you know, it's going to be a better day tomorrow type thing. You know, if today's not a good one um, of just looking at their strengths. I really, really like that idea. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, that self-compassion is such an important piece that I, I know we didn't really talk about yet, but, you know, let's just remind ourselves that this is not easy. You know, I, I think being a parent in general, being a mom uh-huh. specifically is not easy. And then this past year with this pandemic, I mean, there's so much going on and I feel like many of us feel like we're being, you know, have been pulled in many directions and it's okay to be feeling that way. You know, these feelings are valid but we need to give ourselves that grace and we need to be kind to ourselves and remind ourselves that we are doing the best that we can given these circumstances. And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Now talking about the pandemic, what do you recommend to someone who feels pressure to make up for lost time last year and maybe even overcompensating for, let's say the life they lost during the pandemic, if they feel that way? Yeah. And, you know, I've been hearing this a lot from people kind of feeling this added pressure to have to rush back into society and make up for lost time and do all of these things. But I think we need to just once again, take a step back and breathe and let, you know, think about where you are and check in with yourself. You know, if you're not ready to jump right back in, don't. And I, and I think it's important that you think about you and what's best for your family. You know, you can start slow. There is no, you know, timeline, so to say. There's no comparison here. You know, it really comes down to what you're comfortable with. And I think slowing down and being present is really more important, you know, if we think about it and the quality time that we have with our families, then rushing in and going from here and here and here and there and kind of running back to maybe that that go-to world that we had before, but to kind of just take the moment, check in with yourself and see, you know, I think many people have realized that there's certain aspects of the past year that they want to hold on to. And for many people, a lot of that is being more present, being more mindful, slowing down, you know, enjoying their, their families and their lives. So there's no reason that we can't continue some of that. So, you know, kind of being that, that same idea of being kind to yourself and, and asking yourself what works for you. And, and don't compare it to other people and think about what's best for you and your family, but also what feels right for you because nobody can tell you that other than you. Yeah, I love that. And it's true. And I feel like I've felt a little bit of that pressure too. And I've, I've known others that have as well of now that the world's open you know, going full fledged at it, you know, full steam. Um, and that's not necessarily the the best, you know, for everybody and not to feel that pressure, um, or obligation to say yes to everything. Um, I've actually found a lot of peace and contentment with not filling my calendar like I did pre pandemic, you know, where every single moment was filled with something. And now when I have too busy of a day, it's almost too much for me. Um, and I've noticed myself slowing down just because of all the things I've learned this past year and to be okay with it and to be okay with saying no and okay with setting those boundaries. Yes, exactly. And, and I think, you know, that's one of the big realizations that people have right now is, you know, it is okay 
to say no. And it is okay to slow down. And I think that's so important. And to also remind yourself that it took time to adjust to this pandemic world, right? We just, right. although it feels like it happened overnight, you know, it didn't feel normal. It didn't feel comfortable. Like everybody was out of their routines. You know, it seems like the world turned upside down. And now all of a sudden, because things are re- reopened, it doesn't mean that we forget the past year, right? So it's it's actually healthier to slowly ease our way back in, to allow ourselves the time to readjust. Some people, yes, maybe jump right in and they and they kind of thrive on that. But for most people, it takes time to adjust, change, any change, good or bad, is overwhelming and can be overwhelming and anxiety provoking. So if we keep that in mind and just ease into it, I think it will be a lot easier for many people. Yeah, exactly. So my last question, I know we're almost done. And my last question is just the concept of the grass is, is greener on the other side. Um, I know we've heard that term many times <laughs> before in the past. And, you know, when is enough enough? You know, when can someone stop feeling, um, maybe stop feeling is not the right word, but stop feeling, um, that pressure, let's say to have, you know, that next best job. Like I'm not making enough money. Therefore I need to get a better job. Um, I'm not, I don't have the the car of my dreams. Therefore I need, I need to go, you know, buy a new car. That's, you know, that I, that makes me feel successful. Is there, is there something to that or any advice that you have on how to, help people feel contentment in their life that they have and not always feeling like that they have to go to the other side where it's greener or, um, you know, they don't have to have that next job with, with more money and that better car. And when is enough enough? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it goes to this idea of mindfulness. So, you know, if we focus once again on the present and if we become more mindful and aware of things around us and how we're feeling in both, you know, our mind and body, I think we're able to get to a more peaceful place or a more content place with ourselves. And I think, you know, that that's, that's important that we have to kind of come to terms and accept the way that things are sometimes. And, and maybe we don't like every aspect of our life. Maybe there's parts of our life that we want to improve and change. And I'm all for that. You know, I, I think, I think that's not a bad thing that we want to evolve and grow and, you know, get better at certain things, but there does become a time when it is just too much. And once again, it's like that idea that we're striving for this perfect that's doesn't, that doesn't exist. So I think, you know, looking at your life where you are now and accepting the fact that life is like a big pie, right? There's areas of it that maybe we're not as happy with at certain times. And there's other areas that we are happy with. And it's about coming to peace with the life as a whole. So, you know, just like if we think about body image, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's not this one part of my body. It's me. I, I'm a whole person. I'm not my body. I'm not my job. I'm not the house I live in. That doesn't define mm-hmm. who I am and that doesn't define my life. So I think, you know, all of that, of course, takes time. You know, it, it just doesn't happen overnight to shift the way that we think about these things. But it takes the work of taking that pause, 
becoming more present, becoming more aware of our needs, our desires, what makes us happy? You know, how do we define happiness? What's important to us? And then to kind of let go of the other things, you know, like that comparison part, like, okay, maybe you don't have the job that somebody else has. And, but maybe that's okay because it gives you the lifestyle that you want. You know, it allows you the flexibility and the balance that you want at home, for instance. So I think kind of looking at what's important to you and how you define happiness and how you look at life as a whole can help. But the first step is to become more aware of those thoughts and emotions and how you're feeling internally. I love that. Oh, the acceptance piece is such um, is so powerful. So I'm, I'm so glad that we're ending on that because, um, you know, like you said, it's a process. It's not always easy and doesn't come naturally to a lot of people, um, including myself. It definitely takes a process for me to find that acceptance, um, and looking at it, um, like, as you said, as a whole, instead of all these little pieces, um, you just said it so perfectly. So thank you so much for that. Um, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Where can people find you online? Yeah. So, um, my website is drrachelnyc.com and my Instagram is also drrachelnyc. So either one of those is, you know, you can find a way to get in touch with me. My email is, is there as well. Um, I always like to remind people as, as I know that, you know, as well that, you know, Instagram or social media or email is not therapy, but I'm always happy to connect with people, to refer people or, you know, Um, kind of point people in the right direction in terms of resources or referrals if need be. But I love connecting with people. So, you know, I would love to hear from from everybody that's listening. Yes, wonderful. Well, I'm sure just everyone listening today got so much out of um, your um, words of wisdom and your advice. Um, I absolutely love talking with you and um, I hope you have a great day and thanks again for being on the show today. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to have you back for more. Make sure to subscribe to the Parentologist podcast so you don't miss an episode and make sure to tell your friends. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.